Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Dr. Mitchell, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I can't wait to hear your story. Why don't you start out by just telling me, just introduce yourself, tell me a couple of little things about yourself first. Oh, excellent. Well, thank you for having me, Heidi. And um, I, I I just appreciate being here and being able to share this story because it is, as, as we'll see, um, very divine. And um, I am grateful for the road and the journey that it's taken me here. A little past history. I'm a native Floridian, born and raised in Miami. Uh, I, I say raised in Miami, but I actually did a lot of learning, growing in my next pit stops in life. Uh, when I was about 30, I became, let's see, first I became a vegetarian, then a personal trainer, then a massage therapist. And somehow or another, one day I woke up and I go, how can I combine all of those three things? Because those are my loves and my passions. And that's when I found naturopathic medicine. And I'll come back to that in a moment because that's part of where the lemonade story comes from. Okay. I haven't been raised in South Florida in Miami, uh, come from a broken family, which actually got back together. So both my biological parents remarried. So now I have, I had four parental units. Um, three of them have passed on and I still have my, I call him my second dad and we're pretty close because he's been my second dad for 45 years. And, and I just feel very fortunate in that way. I have a single sister, not single. She's married. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, she lives in New York. You have an only sister. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. I have an only sister. We're just the two of us. Uh, she's living in New York and married to a retired New York police department officer, made lieutenant, and then decided he was done tired. Uh, that's it. And then I, I realized in my journey, Heidi, was at some point, I knew that there had to be something else. I had been working out a lot. I had been eating a lot, very healthy, what I considered as you know pretty healthy. I became a vegan for about nine years and I was a healthy vegan, but something was missing, some way to tie it all together. And what I did was I going through one of the health food stores and found that little delicious magazine. And in it, as I was reading it, there was this little article and it described naturopathic medicine. And lights went off, fireworks went off. And I go, oh, that's it. I don't know what it is, but that's it. So I did some research and found that there's, there were only two schools available at the time, one in Portland, Oregon, and one in Seattle, Washington. So I said, I, I got to go visit the schools. And I'll know. I went out there with a friend. We went to Seattle. I went to Bastyr University. And it was like, okay, this is great. And I'm not getting the vibe like it's home. And then I went to Portland, Oregon. And when I walked into the school, Something said, you're home for the next five years. <laughs> wow. Okay. I still had some prerequisites because it is a full-on medical degree. I had to do my pre-med stuff, just like any other medicine. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if you know much about naturopathic medicine, but uh, after I did my pre-med, I went out there, moved out, and started my journey. Still single at this time and no children. So it's really been me. And I have spent the last 10, 11, maybe almost 12 years of real intensive personal development, personal growth. And as a result of that, it helps the lemonade story 
turn out much better. Like it's not too tart, right? I finished my schooling and, you know, just like any medical degree, when you're done with school, you've got to take your board exams. Just like any other medical degree. Took my first round of board exams. And I, the, the, the deal is there's what's called basic science exams and then clinical exams. All in all, there's 16 exams and they span out over a whole week of five to six hours a day of testing. Yes. Ooh. I did the 16 exams and I, believe it or not, I missed two. And now the way that it works, you have to wait six months and you have to retake the ones you missed, which I did. Now, during that time, you know, there was life was going on and things, but you got to do what you had to do. I waited six months. I retook the exams, the two that I missed, and I missed them again. Now, the exams that I missed were called clinical physical diagnosis. In other words, how diseases are supposed to look and biochemistry and lab diagnosis. I just couldn't believe that I kept missing the same two. So I took the two again, missed them again for the second time, which means you have to wait another six months and you're paying the same price, whether you're taking one or all 16, basically. I waited six months, took the two again. Would you have, would you know it? And missed them again. Now here's where, here's where the lemonade gets a little tart, right? Cause the mm -hmm. way that it works after you try them for the third time, if you don't pass everything, you have to wait a whole year and do them all over. All 16. Yeah. Well, when I took those that third time and I came home and opened the letter and it was in the mail and it said I missed them again, I honestly sat in my living room and started crying. I don't share that too often, but I did. I was like, I, you don't, you understand, you have to study and for months before the exams. Like it usually takes a minimum of two to four months of studying because, you know, you, you're putting in hours a day, but you also have to work and you have to do the rest of your life. And I thought, how am I going to do this all over again? Now, little history. I was not much of an academic student growing up in South Florida. You know, if you could sign your name and basically read, they pass you to the next grade. I mean, if I tell you, Heidi, that I got through high school and had never read a book. I had never really written a paper. I didn't even know how to study. I'm not sure how I made it through medical school. I think it was from divine intervention, <laughs> but I did. All right, that's the background. So now I wait a whole year. Now I did go into the secretary's office and I pleaded and I basically almost cried. I go, how am I gonna do this? She, she said, let me talk to the board and they did. They only had me retake seven of the exams, seven out of 16. I was like, I'll take it. Wow. So I wait, I did my studying. I took my seven exams. Would you know it? I missed the same two again. You're killing me. Uh. Yeah. Well, it was killing me at the time, you know, cause in the meantime, I can't practice. I no. can't do anything with my, cause I didn't have my license. I didn't have my degree. I had the degree but I couldn't practice anything. So I'm taking odd jobs. I'm doing carpentry jobs. I'm taking on extra housemates just to help pay for some of the expenses. Waited six more months. Fifth time I went in, I took the two exams. And I, I remember the day that I walked out of the exam hall, it was downtown Portland. And it was happened to be a nice day, but I looked up and I looked at 
God. And I said, you either pass me or I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Eight weeks later, I got the letter. I passed the two exams. But here's where turning the lemons into lemonade with a little sweetness to it was that ordinarily people give up. And I almost gave up. Now, that was after, you know, seven years of schooling where I literally, I just remember that day of opening that letter and just sitting in my living room here with tears coming down my eyes, like, how am I supposed to do this? I don't want to say I heard a voice, but I, it's like I, I felt a message saying, don't give up. If you give up now, you're setting a precedent for the rest of your life. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't quit. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to the message and I'm going to keep going. And what I can tell you is when something drives you from that deep within, you have to listen. That is what I called my heart, soul, God creator connection. It's like it was coming in through a message and it just said, you're meant to do this. Don't give up. If it's that strong, you've got to keep going because you're going to be tested. And I was tested and I got tested and tested. You figure 32 exams. I got tested. (laughs) The message here is don't give up when it's something is that passionate, when it's that much a part of who you are, whether it's that form of your expression in this world. If you realize that that's something you're meant to be doing, whether it's art or write a book or raise wonderful children, don't give up. You're going to have bad days. I happen to have, I had about 22 of them, but that's okay because you get through it. You get through it. There's, there's a famous little saying that says, this too shall pass as long as you stick with it. And as a result, Uh, from having gotten the license, finally celebrating. (laughs) I remember when I opened the letter, I immediately drove down to the office, the main office downtown Portland, and I saw the secretary. I I almost squeezed the air out of her lungs. I was like, oh, thank you. I did it. I want my license right now. She said, you know, it's a process. We'll mail it to you. But she she was almost as happy as I was. Of course, my family, you know, they were, they were thrilled. I had no idea where my journey was going to take me, but I trusted. I've written several books. I've taught at two universities and I've had private practice for 10 years. And now what I'm doing is creating online programs for people to make positive change in their life, to make a transition. Um, One of the books that I wrote, um, which I just could mention briefly is, you know, with with what's going on in our world today, kids are spending enormous amounts of time online, on screens, on devices, whether it's their phone, tablets, computers, combinations. I don't know if you know this, Heidi, but the average kids today are spending an average of nine hours a day in front of a screen. Now understand that's an average, which means some are spending 12, 13, 14 hours a day. That's crazy. And what we don't realize, and this is part of naturopathic philosophy, is when at all possible, prevent rather than treat. So for people who are not aware what naturopathic medicine is, 
we abide by as the natural laws of nature. We use, I have a particular definition. Uh, now it's my own. I keep trying to get the, uh, our profession to adopt it, but naturopathic medicine I define as the bridge between the knowledge of science and the wisdom of nature. Nature knows. We've known. How, for how long have we known the benefits of garlic? Or believe it or not, the benefits of lemons, the citrus, the vitamin C, the bioflavonoids. The, when you take the citrus from the lemon and you convert it to an essential oil, it has all kinds of healing mechanisms. That's the wisdom of nature. The knowledge of science is now when we get to study it and find out what are those compounds, what are those molecules, how are they doing the healing. And naturopathic medicine operates from that standpoint of take the wisdom of nature, which has been given to us, and then apply the knowledge of science, which has been given to us, and then put the two together and come from that standpoint. I'm going to give you, there's one other category of naturopathic medicine, which a small group of us uh, abide by is what's called vitalistic naturopaths. A vitalistic naturopath, which I am, stands for that we believe, like if I were to do a blood test on you and find out that you're a little vitamin D deficiency, because you're not spending too much time outside in the sun, many, many naturopaths, along with functional medicine, they would be prescribing vitamin D in a bottle go get a supplement, take your vitamin D. Now, sometimes you may need to, but our first choice is I'm going to prescribe for you, even though you can't go outside, you can sit by a window and let the sunshine hit your skin, hit your eyes, you know, open your eyes, especially that morning sun. It stimulates natural thyroid. It, it has activation on the skin, even though you're on the inside, it's okay. If we need to, I'll prescribe the vitamin D, but if we don't need to, go sit by the window. Anytime you get a chance, go sit outside for 15 minutes, yeah. you know? That's I do. I, I, I challenge myself every day to go on like a 10 minute walk around the neighborhood. I'm like, even if I have to bundle up and it's freezing cold and snowing, just go outside, get the heart rate up. Exactly. And that's yeah. why one of our principles of practice is called vis medicatrix naturae which is Latin for with the healing power of nature. Mm. Getting that sunshine, getting that fresh air, getting your heart rate up a little bit, make moving your body. That's the healing power of nature. It is not just a bottle of prescription, whether it's synthetic or natural. Like I was talking about a moment ago with kids, the impact of their screen time and that it's an ebook and it's called kids and their screens. And when I was doing the research for it, when I realized nine hours a day in front of a device, the impact on their health, their well-being, their sleep patterns, their appetites, their mood swings, all of this as a result of this thing, these devices, I said, I have to do something about this. So I wrote a book. You're talking to somebody who barely read books, much less now having just written three of them. Lemons to lemonade, right? I, I barely got through school and now I got through and now I'm writing books to help people because we don't, we don't want our kids growing up with the impact that these devices are having or poor unhealthy diets 
lack of activity, lack of physical activity, all of these things. When you, when you talk to kids today, for example, the rates of obesity and diabetes in children isn't going away. It's not getting any better, even with all the information available online. Information is only as good as how much you apply it. It doesn't do any good. They say there's a lot of really, really smart people in the graves at the cemetery because they didn't apply some of those simple, basic principles like eat a healthier diet. I'm not saying you have to sacrifice. There's healthier versions. And as a result of this, I am one of those naturopaths who practice what I preach about 90 to 95% of the time. And I give myself the other five or 10% to, you know, hey, if I want to have a little extra dessert or, you know, you got to make it real, you got to make it fun. And, but you want to make it like, I have this determination to live into older life without needing medication and surgery to get there. Nice. And that's the impression I want to leave with the listeners is in our, we have six principles. And then I added one, which again, my profession doesn't know this yet, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to see if I can get them to adopt it. The six principles basically with the healing power of nature, doctors, teacher, prevention. But the one that I added that I want everyone to understand is none of the knowledge makes any difference if you don't apply it. So this, I call it the plus one principle for naturopathic medicine. It's really plus one for all forms of medicine, which is personal responsibility. Like the old saying goes, I can't do your push-ups for you and I can't eat your broccoli for you because it won't do you any good. Yes. Taking personal responsibility. And we don't, again, we don't mean like have to change your whole life. Start with little steps, but keep making little steps. If you do a bunch of little steps over the course of the whole year, at the end of the year, you will be a, in a much better place for yourself and your family and your community. As the story has stemmed from taking those lemons, squeezing them into a jar, adding a good healthy sugar, right? Because otherwise they're tart. <laughs> Let's just say adding a little sweetness, stick with it. Stick with it. Hang with your, your dreams um, in the principle of your body, mind, spirit approach to healthcare, the body is physical. It just needs some very basic things to be healthy. The mind, I kind of compare and, and add to it mind emotions, right? Your emotions have an impact on your health. Yes, your yes. mind and how you perceive life has an impact on your health, right? Yes. The spirit is that which channels through us. That's what guides you into, I want to write a book. That's coming from your spirit. I want to paint. That's coming from your spirit. I want to sing. I mean, I've had one of them who would love to paint, but put the paint away for years. I said, let's start with just take the tripod out, put a canvas on there. Don't even put, put paint to it. Just look at it for a while. You know, I mean, over days, over weeks, she couldn't. Because once the canvas was on the tripod and the paint was laying right there, she started painting again. That's spirit. That's that coming from your heart. That's that inspiration. So listen to those. Be guided that way. I always say life 
and health begins with what you put in your mouth and what comes out of your mouth. Mm, What are you saying to yourself? Are you worth it? Are you worthy? Do you say that, oh, I can't paint, I can't sing. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're here and you're given that, whatever that skill it is, whatever that desire is, whatever that hobby is, you know, you were given that. So use it. I was given the opportunity to take my exams five times. <laughs> I was given that. I did. I could have quit. Yeah. We probably wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now had I quit. And there'd be a lot of things in my life that wouldn't be as they are had I quit. But I just, I listened to that higher voice and follow through and it's changed the direction of my life today and that's what i was thinking too i thought with that with that power that kind of spirit and that thought that you had at the very beginning that's kind of what can drive you too instead of you know where you want to give up but you have to kind of go back to that initial feeling of like no i knew this was my path i knew this was what i need to be doing and it kind of helps you go on those harder days right yeah yeah that's why you know, the idea of always remembering there's going to be the valleys, yeah. but after the valleys, there's going to be the hilltops. It, it, that's life. You know, if life ever starts to become a flat line, you know what they call that in medicine? Uh, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. So you want the ups and the downs. And sometimes I look at the downs like, ah, oh, why is this happening? Here's a little something that somebody introduced to me a couple of years ago, and I've been using it ever since was either life is happening to you or life is happening for you. And you have to choose which one you take that as if it's happening to you, you're a victim and it will continue to happen to you. If it happens for you, you will grow, you will get better and this too shall pass. And then you'll reach another hilltop. Yeah. But it makes for such an inspiring story. And I'm so grateful that I got to hear this today because I think we can use this no matter what we're going through in life. You know, we all have those things that we think we want to do or those passions or feel we're drawn to do. And then we kind of let stuff stop us and discourage us and we want to give up and it gets hard, but it's so much better on the other side. And I love how you can look back and just say, no, this is the path I needed for this purpose. And it's made me who I am today. And I love that you can share that. Yeah. Cause you're either going to get strong, right. Or you're just going to fold into default. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, again, we're, we're guided uh, the little poem footsteps in the sand. Yeah. When you see the one track of footsteps, it's not God or creator deserted you. It's he's carrying you. If you just trust and have faith and belief and just keep going. Yeah. Take that next one step. I love there's a, I have a, I have posted it a couple of times, but you put two ladders next to each other. One of the ladders has rungs very close. The other ladder has rungs pretty far apart. Some people are always looking for that next big thing, the next big adventure, that next big opportunity. So they're trying to take the big leap. They want their health to turn around in one fell swoop. Like there's going to be one supplement or one something that's going to help them turn it all around. The problem with that is when you, if you miss that next big rung, you fall on your face. 
if you take the other ladder that has small rungs close to each other, it's one little step, one little step, one little step. And the next thing you know, you get there with a much smaller chance of missing the next rung because they're so close together. Taking the small steps, the slight edge philosophy, small steps taken persistently and consistently over a long enough period of time, taking five exams over a two-year period, yeah. you'll get there. Yeah. There are no shortcuts. Right. Right. This is life. And this is the chance you get. Take the shot and just keep climbing the ladder. Like, don't stop. Don't give up. And yeah. you're so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much oh, for this. Thank you. This Heidi. is amazing. I love learning from you. I love your positivity and what you're doing and that you're really where you're supposed to be. I really feel that from you. Like this is your passion. And I don't know what I would have done in your situation. I think it would have been really hard to keep trying. I don't know. That that tests me a lot. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you, you, we all go through stuff and we all kind of persevere and we keep taking the next step. And this is where you end up if you keep moving forward. So thank you for sharing that. One last twist to close this out for now is when they say, when you hear the, the term naysayers, people around you, especially family or close friends, and they're always telling you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you're not going to make it. You can't do that. You can either let them discourage you or I've learned it's not something you're either born with or not. It's something you learn. I've learned how to take what they're saying and have it be an inspiration, have it be a motivation, not a deterrent. Because because some people refer to that group, those ones who always tell you you can't do it. What are you doing? Because when I first started naturopathic school, everybody was like, what is that? I've never heard of that. How are you going to make a living? You're going to incur this big expense. And blah, blah. I'm like, I'm going with or without your blessing. I don't need your blessing. I got my own. It's coming from my heart. So these so-called naysayers, these people that tell you you can't do it, they're not trying to be mean. I, I really believe that. They're kind of testing you. Like, do you really want this? Because if I could easily talk you out of it, you didn't want it that badly. If I, if I can't talk you out of it, it's yours. Doesn't mean you're not going to have some challenges and tests because that makes you stronger. But if I can talk you out of it, you didn't really want it. And that's why we call them. They call them the naysayers. I call them. They're here to be your, your testers. They're here to challenge you. Yeah. I like that a lot because we tend to avoid the negativity in people that are like that, but it's almost like we need to seek that out and really get our purpose and really decide, oh, maybe, maybe I really don't want that. Or maybe I hadn't thought of that, but a lot of times it can just be that push. You need to go, you know what? No, I'm, I'm passionate about this and this is what I want to do. I think that's great. I think that's really fun. Cause I would tend to avoid people who aren't going to be my cheerleader. <laughs> so, so you're, you got good advice. Oh yeah. They're going to, you're going to find them all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, I kind of feel like the universe sends you what you need at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Do you need to be challenged or do you need to be supported? Right. Do you need a cheerleader? Or do you need someone on the sideline going, you ain't, you don't have what it takes. And then I like to hear that and go, oh yeah, well, I'm going to show you. I do. Watch me. Watch me. Yeah. Watch me. I wonder too, a lot of the negativity and the naysayers, I think a lot of it comes from their own fears and their own reservations. So it's not necessarily you personally. It's just how they feel about life and about doing something kind of outside the norm. And so I try to look at it that way too, of going, you know what, you're scared and that's okay. 
I'm not scared to do this. And that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. And I will love you anyway. And I will wave when I'm standing on the top of my mountain. I'll just wave. Yeah, there you go. And then I'll encourage you to come and put your fears aside yeah. and, and come join me. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. Be <laughs> that inspiration, right? Be the change. Yeah. And Gandhi has been known for the saying, be the change you want to see in the world yes. and others will follow. Mic drop. That's awesome. <laughs> there we go. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. Think about the, the next time before you eat, take just a moment and give thanks for every scrap of food on that plate. Where did it come from? That it grew from a seed. It was planted in the soil. It needed the soil to give it the nutrients it needed. It needed the water and the sunlight. It needed someone to pick it and deliver it and ship it and do all these things before it wound up on your plate. Don't take it for granted. and try to make it the healthiest version. When, when, when I first started my journey and we used to talk about try to eat as much organic as possible, organic just means clean without a bunch of chemicals. That's all it means. Our grandparents grew everything organic. They just didn't call it that. It was just, I'm growing food. There's something to be said about having it be that clean from the earth. So give some thanks, give some thanks that you have enough. Give some gratitude that you've got that plate in front of you and give thanks if you happen to have people around you to share it with. Take that moment and just fill yourself, fill your heart and give thanks to anyone who had anything to do with that food getting to your plate. I think that's part of the journey in how we're going to see some change in this world. Not take stuff for granted, not take people in your life for granted. You never know what's next. You never know what's around the corner. You really don't. So I'll end with... Have, fill your hearts with gratitude, fill your hearts with listening to your heart's desire. And I really believe, Heidi, that one of the reasons for so much heart disease and heart attacks is we don't listen to our heart. It's just trying to get our attention. Get your canvas out, paint your paintings, sing your songs. As they say, don't die with the music in you. Get it out. Let it inspire the world. Even if the world is just a few people around you or you in the in the shower. Hold on for one more day. Do something that brings you joy and be grateful. Exactly. Perfectly said. You know, one of the things that I also like to share is what I call the rearview mirror windshield phenomenon. Life is just like driving down the road. How much time are you spending looking in the rearview mirror with what was in now in your past? How much time are you? Do you know why the rearview mirror is so small, Heidi? Yeah. Don't need to be I know you do, right? Focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to be spending that much time looking behind you. Yeah. It's windshield time. Yeah. Where yeah. are you putting your focus? Because if you look in the rear of your mirror, you're bound to run into a tree or a pole or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that, those trees and poles that you're about to crash into are life because you weren't paying attention to what's in front of you. So it was, yeah, that's the exact thought I had today. In fact, I put a note on my phone because I was like, the reason we have anxiety is because we're thinking about the past and we're thinking about the future. If we just thought about the moment we're in right now in this conversation and just focusing on this, there's no anxiety. 
it's just being in the moment and just loving this and savoring this. But as soon as we start thinking about something that happened yesterday or two years ago or 20 years ago, or we start worrying about tomorrow or next hour or next week, we get anxious and we get stressed and we get pulled in a million distractions and distracted and we get sick and all the things just because yeah. of where our thoughts went. Yeah. We'll share one thing with you because yeah. it shared with me. There's a, there's a saying that says something like you will never sit under all the trees from all the seeds you have planted. Don't stop planting the seeds. Okay. You never know Heidi, how you're yeah. going to affect somebody's life. Right. Good point. Don't stop planting your seeds. Thank you. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand. <laughs>